0: The Mariners made the trade for Jorge Polanco, which we already knew, but apparently they also asked for Max Kepler in that deal. What would have had to have gone back to the Minnesota Twins? Why were the Mariners looking at adding another outfielder? And who would the odd man out have been if the Mariners had made such a deal, as well as... Are the Mariners still looking to add another outfielder? Then we'll talk about the bullpen after losing Justin Topa and who can fit in there. Thank you guys so much for watching episode fifty-seven of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. The John Andrioli episode of the Hit It Here
1: podcast. I'm back home, not with Joe, but Joe. How are you? I'm gonna like. I don't know if I want you to say guys that I can picture a face to. I don't know if I've ever heard that name before in my life. You don't remember
0: John Andrioli? That was
1: like 2018, and then he got traded to the Orioles, I think? No. No? I just Shame. just flat out no. I'm not even going to try and pretend. So aside from being ashamed of myself, I am doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. I miss you <laughs> so much. But let's let's talk about Max Kepler a little bit, because the big day for us, obviously, thank you to all, for helping us get to to 10k. It was super sick. Big stream after the Polanco trade went down. Colton, thank you so much for being an absent father for this channel when we needed you most. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm wearing
0: a bow tie and some business class attire to, you know, hopefully beg for your guys' forgiveness for not being there. Thank you guys so much for 10k. Like Joe said, it means a lot to us.
1: I know the next time a big move happens, you can bet Colton will be there. I bet I'll be there too, and I'll make that bet on bet online synonymous with Vegas is betting and you're going to play some bets on the Super Bowl at bet online. No doubt in my mind. The best place to do it is bet online. The Super Bowl is said it's not necessarily a matchup. I think a lot of us Mariners fans would have been wanting the Niners versus the Chiefs, but no strings attached betting here. You could hammer the Niners under or the Chiefs spread if you wanted to because, well, you want the Niners to lose, don't you? And the place to do it is bet online. Bet online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. So, if you don't necessarily want to bet on the Super Bowl, the NBA is in full swing. You've got the NHL right there as well. There are plenty of different things to bet on bet online. Head to bet online today to stay updated on all the action going on in the world of sports. Bet online. The game starts. Here and even though the trade for Jorge Polanco was a pretty big and significant move for the Mariners, you know, trading four guys just to get one, that deal could have been bigger. And rumors, little little words being floated out there on the internet that you know John Morosi saying, who knows whether or not that's how much we can take there. But the Mariners, it's pretty I think obvious that Max Kepler was a guy that we were also looking at from the Twins as well, and having this kind of come on the heels of this trading for jorge polanco that max kepler was kind of in the mix and however long ago that conversation was because Justin hollander and jerry depoto have confirmed that they've been trying to get polanco for over what a year and a half now basically is Mm -hmm. what it kind of sounded like so maybe those kepler talks were further back previous to this whole trade going down but if it were to have kind of come together with the two of them this offseason Obviously, the the trade package of Gabby Gonzalez, Justin Topa, Anthony Scalfani, and Darren Bowen does not get that done mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. You have to elevate what you're giving back to the Twins in getting two everyday players that are going to be fixtures in the middle of your lineup for the Mariners in 2024. So, Colton, I don't like if you want to take the reins on what you would have given for Polanco and Kepler. I think I'm going to defer to you because I know you weren't super high on giving a bunch for one or the other, but maybe together is a different conversation.
0: I am of the camp that Max Kepler is one of the most overrated players in baseball. Oh, sick, sick. (laughs) Glad, (laughs) glad. With that being said, I think that you would have had to have started by, instead of Gabby, maybe giving up one of your shortstop prospects. Like hopefully that would have been enough to not have to add a ton on major league wise to this deal. Like not having to add another reliever or something like that. Um, Because in my opinion, if you're getting both Kepler and uh, Polanco and you're sending players from the major leagues, you're probably going to have to send one of Wu or Miller in that deal at that point, just based on the Twins' lack of starting pitching, which sucks. And I don't know, would I rather trade one of Wu or Miller or would I rather trade Cole Young or Colt Emerson? I don't know. But I think that if you were to add Kepler, he would have been a guy that... Could have platooned with maybe, you know, or at least been out there for what if Mitch Hanniger was to get hurt. Um, another guy who gives you some insurance with possibly Luke Rayleigh being a big um, regression candidate. I think that you would have been taking on another $10 million with Kepler. It's a one year deal. So maybe you wouldn't have had to give up too much if the twins were really into dumping salary, which. The rumor is that they wanted to get in between, what, 125 and 140 in terms of payroll, and they're at 118 after the Polanco move. So I feel like it wouldn't have really been that big of a deal if they would have eaten a little bit of money on that contract for them. So I, I don't even know where you would start with this deal because at this point, it wouldn't make sense for the Mares to give up Ty France because you don't really, I mean, you could put Luke Rayleigh at first base and put Kepler over and left, and he's a great defender out there. But when I look at Max Kepler, I think that other than last year where he was pretty good, and then 2019 the juice ball era where he hit 36 home runs. He's been just eh, he's been serviceable, but he's not like light the world on fire worth trading a bunch of guys for and he's going to be making a good chunk of change in my opinion. So I don't think that trading a top prospect or even Wuwer Miller to get him thrown in the deal is worth it.
1: I definitely agree that I think if you're the Twins, you're starting with Wuwer Miller as that conversation because they needed pitching, like you're saying, getting controllable pitching for two guys one's a one-year like rental situation with Kepler we obviously know that Polanco has a a team option in 2025 for 12 million I think what it does and maybe I'm wrong on this I don't know if they would have had to give up as like it, it how do I word this it balances out what you're giving so they did not give up a bunch of quality starting pitching. Like, sure, D. would have been a fine number five on the Mariners had they retained him and sent out Wu or Miller. But I feel like D. probably was going to go in this deal no matter what because, one, it gives the Twins an innings eater. And then if you throw on top of that wooer Miller, you're probably close to being done. Yeah. If, like, you're the Mariners and what you want to get out of that trade, you're getting two everyday bats, you're trading... Two starting pitchers, so like obviously the starting pitching conversation is very, very thin at that point. You probably need to go out and sign somebody because, I don't know, these what-ifs are going to get kind of messy, I think, and a little confusing. But if you're not trading DeSclafani, they have to pay down one of the contracts if you're getting both Polanco and Kepler because that's, from those three guys, just like $32.5 million that the Mariners definitely don't want to be paying. And so I, in my head, D Scafani was probably going no matter what. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, it's either if you wanted to include a prospect or you think you've give, given them enough major league pitching, like they got D Scafani and Topa, maybe you retain Topa and you still send Gabby. So it's like Miller Wu, like Miller or Wu, Gabby and Di Scafani for both those two guys. I would say with how valuable starting pitching is, specifically young, controllable starting pitching like Miller or Wu, they're equal to like how the – the trade kind of balances itself back out. And at that point still, I'm probably a little overpaying how I think the mayors may have overpaid for the Polanco trade, but it makes, it would have probably made them better in 2024, depending on who you go out and sign in the free agent market, starting pitching wise. If you have say, you know, $10 million to play with whatever to go out and sign someone. Sure. You make another trade for a starting pitcher. like, The Dylan Cease rumors are back on. Like, I don't know. It just, it gets really messy. And the roster crunch, I'm already kind of like, what is going to happen if they go out and sign another person? If they had traded for Max Kepler, that immediately pushes Dom Canzone off your roster, which I feel like a lot of people are probably fine with. I, myself, I don't know if that's, like, a necessary evil to start 2024 with, like, having to push him off the roster to give yourself the best chance to win, like... It just gets, it's just getting confusing. And I think like muddy because of our desperation to win now, like trading for Kepler could have done that. But with what you have as ammo to trade, I don't know if, I I still think I prefer just keeping it at Polanco. I agree with that. I think that by trading one of Miller or Wu
0: and getting Max Kepler, I think your team is actually objectively worse.
1: Just because Before. you don't have that, like, crazy starting pitching anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: And, again, like I said, Kepler's overrated. Like, he's posted an OPS plus above 100 twice. Like, why do I care yeah. about Max Kepler? You know what I mean? Like, I think that you you it, the insurance that it would give you and the defense it would give you uh, instead of having, you know, Mitch Hanager out there in right field every single day, then sure. And I think that Kepler could be a guy that would hit pretty well in T-Mobile Park. I have no reason to believe he wouldn't. With that being said, I, you're paying a lot for the name, a lot than more than he is worth for the name, and I think that you're right when it comes to pushing like Dom Canzone or somebody off the roster. I don't know if I'm willing to do that for a guy who's getting paid ten million dollars, who has shown throughout his career, sure he can hit twenty ish home runs and he has a below average strikeout rate and he plays good defense, but you know he's usually a you know two forty to two fifty hitter, um, mm-hmm. and I just, I don't know. I think that I would rather the Mariners go out there if if they do want to add to this outfield, which I think is fine in a vacuum. I think that adding to this outfield is okay. If I still think Dom Canzone should be on the roster. So if I was to take somebody, let's, let's assume that Haggerty's off the roster at this point right now. I would assume then maybe Dylan Moore falls off the roster or Samad Taylor, assuming he's going to make the 26th man. If they were to go out and sign, say, Adam Duvall,
1: yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a Trade Rumors article that linked like the Kepler rumor and then talking about other guys that maybe trade doesn't make sense for the Mariners anymore or like other free agents. And Duval's listed, Tommy Pham is listed, Eddie Rosario is listed. I'm interested that Samad Taylor is on. like If if Samad Taylor makes the roster, I think then they're going to a seven-man bullpen because you have Sebi mm-hmm. Zavala, you have one of the platoons between Luis Urias and Josh Rojas on your bench, then you've got... Like you're saying, if if it's not Dylan, like Dylan Moore, for me is still there right now, and then an outfielder. If you sign the outfielder, then it's like okay, then that person takes over for Dom Canzone, who is that fourth outfielder in that scenario. So it's Adam Duvall or Tommy Pham. If you're getting rid of Dylan Moore, say you're trading him for a reliever or what have you, like kind of like an odd man out situation, because Haggerty's probably like you're saying not on this roster. Then sure, then Samad Taylor could be there. But like having Dylan Moore and Samad Taylor both on the roster seems kind of redundant, or like having like Dom Canzone and say like Tommy Pham. Not to say like it's redundant because like they do different things, but then your outfield is just like beyond crowded with, mm-hmm. with guys. So I'm I I will be curious to see what the Mariners do in terms of trying to fill out their positional depth if they address it in any way. If the season started tomorrow, I am pretty okay. Like, I'm good with where they're at positionally in the majors and in guys that can help you in AAA if the season were to start tomorrow. I don't don't find it absolutely necessary to sign another outfielder, trade for another outfielder. Sure, if a deal comes across your inbox, it's like, Randy or Rosarena for Amerson Hancock. Done. Sure. Obviously. But that's never going to happen. It's like there's certain things that need to kind of fall into place. And... Right now, for me, with trading Justin Topa, the biggest hole is in your bullpen because yeah. you've only got two. I'd say surefire leverage guys, but Depoto and Hollander have kind of made comments about that. Colton, let's let's discuss about the bullpen.
0: Yeah, I think the bullpen took a big hit losing Topa. I was at, that was I think the first name that I saw going back in the Polanco trade, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh man, like how is the rest of this trade gonna work out then? Because Starting with Topa is just like, why couldn't you have started with, like, Darren Bowen? <laughs> it's like, start start me off slow, you know? Work your Darren way Bowen. It. And then you're like, Anthony DiScafani, I've been like, cool, yeah. And then it break my heart with Gabby and with Justin Topa. So, like you said, we're talking about the two big leverage guys. Obviously, that is Brash and Munoz. You have Gabe Spire back there that the uh, front office has said could kind of be like a like a leverage guy, back end of the bullpen sort of guy. Those three are locks. I think Trent Thornton is going to be a lock as a long man out of the bullpen. I think, in my opinion, Sauce is someone who has earned his spot in the 2024 bullpen. This is, again, assuming everybody's healthy. I think that Sauce has a lock on one spot. That leaves, what, three spots for, you know, how the mayor's going to fill this out? I think we've talked a little bit about it, and you can you have all the names, so I'm going to let you go over them because I don't want to do it. Okay. I can't remember. But... I think that guys like Jackson Coar have a chance to be in there. Of course, we can always talk about Preyland or Baroa,
1: and then all the other guys they've added—Joe me. So Austin Voth is another guy that is going to be a long man, kind of could be a swing guy for you, like D. Scalfani would have been. And them saying that they're going to stretch out Trent Thornton is kind of bizarre to me if they have Austin Voth available to you, but whatever. Obviously, bizarredo. The car- Bizarredo's there, sure. You, you're just you're dropping names that. Because you said bizarre. Oh, and I oh, said bizarre. Right. So, no. anyways, moving on. Um, Carlos Vargas is there, the guy that we got in the Geno trade. Um, Mauricio Yovera, who is part of the 40 man, and I think he's probably. I, he doesn't have options. A lot of these guys don't have options, which makes it, which makes it difficult. So, Yovera is probably going to make the opening day roster unless some things happen. You've got Cody Bolton, Joey Crable, Kirby Snead, Ty Buttry, Jonathan Diaz, Corey Abbott. There are many names
0: you said nine names there joe and again that's not including bizardo i didn't throw him on there that's yeah. not including Preylander. that's not including i don't even think you said jackson Coar well, you, in those nine names you'd already said that. already it. said it so that's 10 mm-hmm. like to, to fill out three spots in this bullpen and the mariners are good at this they're very good at finding guys who hey you sucked before now you don't now you're in the bullpen so the Mariners are banking on the fact that and we'll we'll probably see a lot of battles in spring training for those couple of spots. I think you're right. I think Yovera will be on the, um, on the major league roster just because he's out of options. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to be too heartbroken just to cut him. Like, a lot of these guys, in my opinion, that don't have options are going to get cut. They're very it's...
1: expendable.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and I don't know, you know, the option scenario with guys like Bolton and with Sneed and whatnot, but whatever. The fact of the matter is the Mariners have so many options as to what they want to put in that bullpen that if they feel like they have everything in-house already, the Mariners could very well be done for the offseason. But you know what? We don't like that, Joe. We don't think that's fun. So Not fun. We, both, <laughs> we both have a guy on the free agent market to add to this bullpen. Who, who's yours? So
1: shout out Jake. You love to see it. He tweeted about him. I've talked about him before. As a potential free agent option. But Shintaro Fujinami. One year, $3.25 million deal with the Athletics last offseason. And did not do very well in his time with the A's. Got traded to the Orioles. And in that time, also got transitioned out of a starting role into more of a reliever. And it didn't go overly well with the Orioles as well. An 86 ERA plus across 29 and two-thirds innings pitched. He pitched in 30 games. And to a 4.85 ERA, his big issue is one, not being able to throw strikes. He does walk a lot of batters, but also he just gives up a tough, like he just gets hit. He gets hit really hard a lot of the times. So his savant page, it's a lot of blue, but there's some things that you can kind of play with. And a Mariner's pitching lab has Topa in like interviews where he's done, like on Marine layer, or I think couch GMs talked to, like he's talked about how they identify things that you're good at and like change your mentality about it, the Mariners Pitching Lab, and turn them into overstrengths. Like, they, they turn them into, like, this thing that's exceedingly good that was once, yeah, this is, like, a big tool for you, but then they make it, like, something that's, like, even better. Fujinami has excellent fastball velocity and great extension. And he's got a, he has runs a decent whiff percentage, a 78th percentile, so 30.1 whiff percentage there. If they can, say, just take those three things and say, hey, Logan Gilbert does this same exact thing. Throws the ball pretty hard, not as fast as Fujinami, I'd say, but gets extended very, very well. So that's something Garver said in the Hot Stove show yesterday, or yesterday, about how Logan Gilbert's his least favorite pitcher to face on the Mariners because of the extension that he gets towards the home plate. Fujinami has great extension. He has good fastball velocity. If he can just throw more strikes and maybe work a little bit more on the the, the whiff, it's one of those things that like he could turn into... Uh, like like an Isaiah Campbell type situation where like it's a guy that's like coming out there in the sixth. Maybe you've got like a four run lead. You go out there, he's there for you. He can also give you a couple long innings if you need to because he was a starter. That's one of those situations where like if you don't love what you're getting out of Austin Voth, okay, goodbye. If you don't love what you're getting out of Jackson Kowar, maybe not goodbye because like he seems like someone that they might value a little bit more. But like you're saying, those guys are kind of expendable. If you give Fujinami one year, one and a half million, and say. You kick Jovera to the curb, or like however it works. You take a flyer on him; he could turn into an actual weapon at the back of your pen because of just the like outlier tools that he has in his velo and his extension.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that Fujinami would be a fun guy to add—a little reclamation project for the Mariners pitching lab, who have shown that they can turn anyone into anything that they want them to be. Someone who's already been pretty good in his major league career is Alex Reyes. He was with the St. Louis Cardinals. Prior to 2021, no, that's that's a lie. In 2021. He was, with the, he was with the Cardinals through 2021, and then he was injured. In 2022, he was placed on the 60-day injured list. Um, after struggling with a shoulder I- injury, he was receiving stem cell injections, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he had shoulder surgery and then didn't make an appearance. In 2023, with the Dodgers, he had signed a one-year, $1.1 million contract. He had undergone shoulder surgery again in February of or I'm sorry, June of that year and did not pitch at all in the twenty twenty three season. The Dodgers declined his option, making him a free agent. So in terms of health, we don't I don't really know where Alex Reyes is. like i'm he he might not even be able to pitch this year. I'm not sure. I haven't heard a dang thing about him since he signed with the Dodgers back at the beginning of twenty twenty three But assuming that he's healthy, assuming that he did, you know, go through rehab and, his shoulder is healthy. He was really really good with the Cardinals. Let's talk a little bit about it. In 2021, he had a 3.24 ERA in 69 nice, nice games. He had 29 saves and 72 and a third innings pitch with a 122 ERA+. Plus. He is a career uh 2.86 ERA pitcher in 101 games, 145 innings with a career 142 ERA+. Plus. Looking at his Baseball Savant page as well, a lot of red on here. He throws the ball hard at 96.6 miles an hour. expect a batting average at 184. Um, He does get a little wild, similar to Fujinami. He does walk a lot of guys. He's in the first percentile in walks. That is something the Mariners would really have to work on. But overall, with Alex Reyes, you're looking at a lot of red on that savant page. A guy who has been very, very successful when he's been healthy. When it comes to offering him a contract, if you're the Mariners, you can offer him a, you know, I would be comfortable like if, if if, let's say there were two teams in the bidding, and like The Dodgers came back and offered him the same $1.1 million. If the Mariners offered him a 1.5, I don't care. It's one year. I don't care. And if it doesn't work, he's expendable. Kick him to the curb, like you said. But the Mariners could probably have Alex Reyes, if he's healthy, on a one-year, $1 million deal. And it's it's a low-risk, high-reward guy. If he ends up being as good as he has been throughout his career, then you have a back end of the bullpen guy right there. And if he's not, then you eat the $1 million and say, screw it and get rid of him. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that in terms of the last couple of spots in this Mariners bullpen, gambles like Fujinami and a gamble like Reyes, I think that that's that's what the Mariners need to be doing. is taking risks where they high high reward, low risk. Like these two guys, I think both are that. They have all the talent in the world. It's just if the Mariners pitching lab could put it together for them, then we could see back end of the bullpen guys.
1: It's a situation where like you looked at what Matt Brash did in 2022. And obviously starter didn't work out, came up as backup as a reliever and like figured it out, but still had walk issues. He was bottom of the league, like first percentile walk percentage in 2022. And in just, you know, a little bit of time in the Mariners organization, he was a 34th percentile walk percentage in 2023. Obviously Brash had a great year last year in 2023, but if they can take those one percentile walk rates from Alex Reyes or Fujinabe, should they bring him in on, like you're saying, one year? one to one and a half. If you're Fujinami, maybe a give him two because he has pitched more recently than 2021. They can take those walk rates and reduce them and make them just overall more consistent pitcher. You're right. That reward will uh, like just enable your bullpen. Just get that much deeper. It's a situation like Topa. They didn't expect to get, you know, your third best leverage reliever out of trading Joseph Hernandez to the Brewers last year. You didn't expect to get something that good out of Gabe Spire. You didn't expect great years out of Taylor Saceto, but it's something that the Mariners have shown that they're capable of developing. And again, maybe it's a situation where Jerry and Justin, they feel okay with the arms that they have and they're developing them as we speak. Jackson Kowar could be a guy that's giving us legitimate leverage innings next year. A guy that's got like what, the fourth highest career ERA through like his amount of innings pitched in his career. I think that's the accurate stat. Is that true? I think so. Like, fourth highest career ERA and however many innings he's pitched. And if I'm wrong, oh, oh well. Yikes. It's it sounds cool. <laughs> they're gonna turn him into a monster back there. Mm-hmm. And just because that's what that that's what the Mariners bullpen lab do. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that if we're looking ahead a little bit, the Mariners could, with the free agents that are left, they could do a couple of good faith deals for either Lou Trevino or Liam Hendricks. It doesn't affect your 2024 bullpen, but if you were to sign him to a two-year deal where they're making a little bit of money in 2023 or four where they have time to rehab and then they come back in 25, another gamble that you could take where you get some high leverage guys out of it. But overall, if we're talking about the current roster as it stands right now, I I don't want to say I'd be shocked if they added anybody else on like a major league deal or like made another trade, but it would definitely catch me off guard. Like, I think that this roster, we are what, 14 days, two weeks now from pitchers and catchers reporting Crazy. to spring training. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's insane. So, I would be shocked to see any moves that are worth I don't want to say worth mentioning cuz that's not right. But like moves that have a significant impact on this major league roster. For example, 2 days ago now, the Mariners signed Nick Solak. Cool. He was like fine with the Rangers when he first came up. Is he anything? Who knows. Could he come up and produce at the major league level for the Mariners at some point? It's possible. It's unlikely. But as we get closer to spring training, you're going to see more and more of these deals, these minor league deals, signing guys, letting them come into spring training just to see if you got something there. And if you don't, you get rid of them. And I think that is, goes along with this bullpen as well. We talked a little bit about the Jorge Polanco deal at the start of this, and I actually broke down that deal in this video on the screen. Now, I want you guys to go check that one out next. I appreciate you guys watching episode 57 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online. The Chance Ruffin, again, episode of the hit it here podcast and go mariners i didn't know we were getting double features now